It's time for Mapping Tech in Public Safety with Chris and Steve. This podcast is about GIS and how it integrates into all aspects of public safety, from first responders, emergency management, incident management, search and rescue, next generation 911, and any other topics around public safety GIS. Mapping Tech and Public Safety is supported by the National Alliance for Public Safety GIS, Interra Incorporated, Fire Mapping Incorporated, ESRI, and Geocom. This is episode one, recorded on August 8th, 2018. So, hey, Steve, how's it going? Hey, Chris. So, hey, uh, so this is kind of our first podcast, and so I thought kind of the cool thing to start off with is to figure out, like, who we are and what our background is and why we're kind of closeted mappers in the fire service. So, uh, so how did you get into uh, the fire service to start off with, Steve? Um, well, my background goes back to my father. My father has been a New York City fireman and a volunteer fireman since 1970. So uh, I kind of grew up in the firehouse in, in both our local town and New York City. And um, back in uh, 1989, I, I got on the job uh, with EMS as a paramedic. Uh, actually an EMT and then eventually yeah. became a paramedic and uh, you know did some time in Queens and did some time in South Brooklyn and then eventually got promoted to lieutenant and I was working up in the Bronx and it, at that time I had uh, the division chief had asked me to take a temporary position in the office and uh, during that time is when September 11th happened mm-hmm. And uh, we had responded, uh, spent numerous days and, and weeks and months down there. And as I got uh, more familiar with, you know, upper chiefs in, within the fire department, um, I decided I wanted to try out a desk position for a little while. Uh-huh. And uh, so I took a job at headquarters. And the chief that I was working for um, started teaching me some GIS work. Uh, just doing some basic stuff with uh, response time analysis yeah. and uh, ambulance locations, um, some pre-planning for some special events. And uh, I just really liked it. So I you know, started learning more and more. I found some books around the office, uh, started learning more and more about GIS. And I had the fortunate opportunity, the um, captain of the GIS unit had decided to go back to the fire. Uh, I'm sorry, back to the firehouse. And at that time, I, I was already talking to them, and they were teaching me some stuff. And uh, I had asked, and they awarded me the position of running the unit. Oh wow! And uh, you know, when I took over the unit again, I just kept learning more. Uh, had eventually asked the uh, chief of operations. Uh, I had found that uh, Penn State University had a certificate program in GIS. Uh, The fire department was nice enough to pay for that course for me. I I did that course for a year. And eventually I had decided, you know, I really like this field and, you know, decided to stay in the GIS unit for the rest of my career at the fire department, building myself up to my retirement. 
and I uh, felt that it would be a, a worthy second career upon retiring. So I opted to put myself back to school and get my bachelor's degree. Uh, started meeting a lot of people. Um, and then, you know, fortunately enough, through some contacts, um, a gentleman named Talbot Brooks had uh, offered me the opportunity to take a GIS master's program uh, through a college university down in Mississippi online. Uh -huh. and, uh, and it just kind of worked very well for me. And uh, since my retirement, I um, uh, just started working for a company about a year ago called Geocom. Um, they do all public safety GIS work. Their main job functionality is next generation 911. Uh, which has also been very interesting. I, I've never been a dispatcher. Um, I've, I've worked with the FDNY com communications unit and, uh, you know, for GIS work, but I never knew much about, you know, dispatch or anything. Yeah. Um, and, you know, this next generation 911 has been really interesting for me, how GIS is going to, um, you know, really be an integral part of dispatch. Um, the way the uh, next generation 911 system works. So, so going back to like when you were FDNY, we're in charge of the uh, GIS unit. What kind of big things did you guys do? What does the FDNY GIS unit do that's like different, like from like a city GIS shop or something like that? Well, I, our, we worked with all the other city agencies, um, and and you know the state as well, and also some of the surrounding municipalities. Um, you know, working on getting data, um, but specifically within the department, um, you know, we did work for pretty much everything. We did operational work, uh -huh. meaning, uh, you know, there are major incidents. Uh, we did a lot of pre-planning work for special events. Uh, New York City has over 100 special events each year. Um, and a, a lot of those events, we would do GIS work for plotting out where our ambulance units would be, our fire apparatus. Um, we, we have field patrol units, um, marking out the various zones for that event. Um, like I said, we did a lot of those events. Uh, a lot of the people know, such as New Year's Eve, uh, 4th of July fireworks, the Thanksgiving Day Parade. Uh, we also did a lot of work with dignitaries when they came to New York, uh, such as the president, vice president, any foreign dignitaries. Uh, had the Pope visit, um, we had Queen Elizabeth come visit New York City, and we'd mark out their locations of where they would be, hotels, uh, routes that they might be taking. Um, once they were at a location, where our teams would be that were uh, protecting that dignitary. Did you get uh, to meet any of those guys at all, or meet any of the um, dignitaries or anything like that? Uh, not through the GIS unit, uh, but I was a member of the dignitary unit. Uh, so yeah, I, I was, uh, had the opportunity to meet, uh, president Clinton, uh, vice president Gore, uh, prime minister Netanyahu. Um, I'm one of the few, I actually got to meet Fidel Castro. Wow. Uh, when he was allowed in the country for the UN 50th anniversary. Um, so, uh, yeah, I have gotten to meet some of the dignitaries. <laughs> That's pretty cool. So, like with the GIS unit, so what were some of like so how big is the GIS unit, and, and you know who do they employ inside the unit? 
Uh, so it, it's changed a little bit since my retirement. Uh, but when I was in charge of the unit, it was myself as the commanding officer. Uh, I had a, another lieutenant who eventually got promoted to captain, uh, who was my executive officer. We had two firefighters and a civilian uh, working on staff at the time. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, so we were a pretty big staff compared to other, uh, you know, fire departments or public safety GIS units. Yeah. Um, and then eventually uh, the FDNY uh, formed an incident management team. And, you know, they had come to us and, you know, wanted to integrate GIS into the incident management team. Uh, we had a few firefighters. Uh, that were part of the team that had a little bit of a background in GIS. So we, we brought them on board and um, we taught them more and more about GIS for the incident management team. On a few occasions, we detailed them up to the unit at headquarters. And, you know, so they could continue learning plus help us out within the unit. And it just got, you know, just kept growing. Uh, eventually, we, uh, as web technology took over in GIS, uh, we had put together a, a, a web map that was utilized in our operations center, uh, which in, I forget what year it was, I want to say about 2008, they had um, built a completely new GIS, I'm sorry, a brand new operations center. Uh -huh. And, uh, we, you know, we had our web map up there. They'd be using it anytime there was an incident to gather building information um, we had links to other city websites like Department of Buildings uh, where they could, you know, get information about that building as far as permits and sprinkler systems and standpipe systems. Uh, and then with the IMT, uh, I, I was awarded the position of uh, GIS team leader uh -huh. and uh, we brought, you know, web mapping to them. Uh, again, as technology kept growing and growing, uh, we started bringing in mobile technology uh, in 2014, New York City, uh, well, actually, New York and New Jersey had uh, hosted the Super Bowl. Yeah. So, um, you know, we did a lot of work with New Jersey, and uh, we had put everything out on a web map. But then when we, we were faced with the challenge of getting GIS information down to the people working the, the actual event. Uh, so with some help of vendors, specifically a company named Penn Bay, um, and ESRI had helped us out. Uh, we started using the mobile technology, GIS apps, um, and getting uh, that information right down to the field personnel. Uh, the department invested in iPads and uh, put iPads in, in uh, the members' hands so they could have the information. Uh, fortunately enough, because, I'm sorry, unfortunately, because of the time crunch, um, we didn't really have the opportunity to teach the team members on the field uh, how to collect data. Yeah. Uh, so shortly thereafter, we decided to take it to that level. Uh, we worked through the incident management team, and we started training the incident management team how to use apps to actually have data while they were doing various functions, uh, and also collect data that we were able to integrate into our web map that would seem, be seen with anybody utilizing this map or back at the operations center on the web map. Awesome. And then 
the IMT held a four-day drill uh, on Governor's Island, which is an island just south of Manhattan. And the scenario was a plane crash. And we had uh, the FDMY there, uh, the IMT, the Urban Search and Rescue Team. Uh, we had a, a New York State Urban Search and Rescue Team, the U.S. Coast Guard, NYPD. And literally within 10, 15 minutes of training some of these teams uh -huh. on how to use this collector app, we were putting mobile devices in the hands of the Coast Guard and NYPD, and they were collecting data for us. Wow. And, and again, everything being synced up. The incident commander was able to see everything. And then back in Brooklyn at headquarters, they were able to see everything live on the web map as the scenario unfolded. That's cool. You know, it's always kind of striking. And I always like, because I visited you there that one time, and I was always striking, usually with GIS outfits or GIS shops within the fire department. They're usually GIS people that went to school for it and got hired by the fire department. And you guys are the only ones I've seen that were line personnel that actually migrated into a unit to do that job. And so it, it was always kind of, a, I always thought some sort of testament to um, FDNY to put people in that spot who knew a little bit about both and give them the skill set to do that. Yeah, it was kind of um, a good and bad type scenario. Uh -huh. um, you know, it, it was good because, you know, we had uniform personnel um, that knew the job and knew stuff that would be needed for the field and, and for the firehouse or an EMS station or the command center or, or the yeah. incident management team. Uh, but with that said, we had the challenge of we had to train internal people on how to use GIS. Uh -huh. uh, but then on the flip side, we did have some civilian personnel and who had GIS backgrounds and they were very proficient with GIS software. Uh, but then we had the flip situation. They knew nothing about public safety and or the FDMY. Mm. So we kind of had to teach them about our culture and how we do things. Um, you know, so it was kind of, like I said, a good and bad situation, but Having the two together, civilians and uniform, uh, it worked out quite well for us. Yeah, it always seemed to. That's pretty cool. So then, how did how did you and I meet? Because you and I met. Um, well, I guess I guess a little bit about me. Um, so I I worked for a, um, a fire department, Rams of uh, Kirkland in Western Washington, and the same Kirkland that if you go to Costco, uh, you see that it's Kirkland Signature brand, that's the same same Kirkland as Costco starting Kirkland. And um, I, uh, I started a little bit differently. I actually started uh, in the fire service in school. I lived at a fire station in Idaho where I grew up and went to tried a couple of um, degrees and realized I wasn't good at any of those. So I eventually migrated to what was called cartography at the time or map making. And it was... Um, Pretty cool because you know when I changed that that degree, it was there was still some traditional paper map making going on where people took mylar film and layered it on, onto itself and used razor blades to cut it so that it looked like the layers on a map. And a lot of the people that I went to school with actually uh, got hired at National Geographic. But it was actually kind of an interesting time because it was uh, 1994 ish to 1995. The um, uh, 
the industry is starting to change and this thing called GIS was starting to happen. So my degree was actually cartography with a GIS option while they also had cartography with a paper option. And so the process of map making was changing right before my eyes. The transition was happening while I was in school. Um, you know, then when I got close to graduating college, I kind of realized that uh, GIS was still new and it wasn't really interesting to me. So I actually chose to pursue a career in the fire service instead of a, uh, using my cartography degree, if you will. Um, and actually, honestly, my grades weren't that great to begin with, so maybe it was a good decision. Uh, but then I got hired uh, in 97 in Washington State, and then I started um, doing small map projects on the side within the fire department. And one of the, um, and so actually it, it made a lot of headway and actually made a lot of progress. And this is just simple stuff like making map books. And I noticed in our department that our pre-incident planning program, which is basically uh, pre-incident planning is mapping buildings with hazards and fire suppression features and where other landmarks are in a building, we hand do those. And we were gonna try to use a, a graphics program, I think at the time it was AutoCAD, to generate them. And I kind of realized that, you know, on the pre-plan, there uh, are hydrants in the pre-plan and on my map books, I'm using a hydrant layer as well, so why don't we just jam them two together and try to kill two birds with one stone? And it was easier said than done, but I just kind of kept at it. So um, I got to go to the ESRI conference in 2000. That was my first conference, and and I it was kind of weird because I thought there'd be some fire service people there, and there wasn't. There was just uh, there was some fire service people, but they were fire chiefs that didn't really know anything about GIS. And I don't think they even knew how to spell GIS. And, and so, you know, it was kind of uh, either vendors that were pushing a particular product or there was some low level um, work in public safety in GIS at the time. Uh, but after a few years, more and more firefighters, you know, from Baltimore, from Colorado Springs, from Los Angeles, a lot of these, bigger departments started sending people to this conference and they were actually line firefighters who wanted to learn about GIS and you can kind of start sensing that there was a um, interest in public safety to use GIS for a variety of things like mapping operations with wildland fires or structure fires or mapping, trying to plan out like how your department responds and how well it responds so there's an interest in having maps to support that information. And so about 19, or 2006 and seven, a group of us together, and that's when I met Steve um, at the ESRI conference. And you know, it was, it was kind of uh, two people with common interests that were kind of a small part of the, the population started to interest. And so myself and Steve here, we just really kind of hit it off and started talking about GIS as well as you know, our friend Dave Blankenship and Peter Hanna from Baltimore Fire and a lot of others who kind of geeked out both in the fire service talk and also the computer GIS talk. So I think that's how you and I got kind of connected um, and started a sort of a small community of fire GISers, you know, kind of really interested in, in, in both technology and public safety. 
Yeah, and, and it's kind of funny how you say that. So the, I, I'll kind of give my side of it. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, um, you know, when I got involved with GIS in, in New York City, I, you know, quickly got very involved. I yeah. you know, joining local uh, GIS user groups. Uh, there's an organization called Gizmo. Yeah. Uh, we also had the New York City ARC user group. And um, I, like I said, very quickly started meeting GIS people around the city uh, from various agencies, eventually academia, uh, the private sector. Um, I was working my, with my local reps from a software company called MapInfo mm -hmm. um, and, and then who's now a good friend of mine, but my uh, ESRI rep here in New York uh, named Dave Lachelle. And honestly, I didn't even realize uh, at the time how much public safety GIS work was going on uh, throughout the country. And, you know, while the New York City groups and, and New York City GIS people were great, uh, I learned a lot from them, made a lot of good connections. Um, you know, there was always, like I said, kind of like within our unit, um, you know, yeah, I could talk GIS with them but I couldn't talk public safety. Yeah. yeah. About the closest relationship I had with that, um, you know, was the o New York city OEM staff, mm -hmm. um, you know, but again, these are civilian personnel doing GIS at OEM. Um, so I got talking to Dave Lachelle from ESRI and, you know, said, who else is out there? Um, and, and at that point, Dave Lachelle had, uh, introduced me to staff from ESRI's public safety team. Um, I don't know exactly when they formed or, or how well known they were. Uh, maybe you do. You, you have. Yeah, I think uh, like I first like met like Russ Johnson and then Jennifer Shockey, uh, who were the kind of two main people that I met, and they were there for a long time. Uh, I think they really kind of got going. I want to say you know I'll we'll probably be corrected in future versions of this, but in the late '90s, and I met them in early 2001 or 2002, some, some time frame. I, the reason I got connected with those folks is I'd always kind of loiter around in the public safety aspects of the Esri conference, but would, would never really connect with anybody. And then I, I wrote a little little program in Visual Basic and kind of a closet programmer that's really, I'm, I'm a master of nothing, but can dabble a little bit of everything. So I uh, wrote this program to modify ArcGIS or ArcView at the time to put points on a map. And so I showed them that. So they, they, that's, that's where I think I kind of introduced myself to them. Um, but they've always been doing a little bit of public safety. Um, and then I think with a lot, a lot with Jennifer Shockey and a lot of other people's efforts kind of started forming a small community of public safety users. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and well, like I said, eventually Dave, Dave Lachelle had, uh, introduced me to Rush Johnson, uh -huh, yeah. and um, we had we had a conference call together, and and then Russ had said, "Hey, you know, I, I want to come to New York City and, and visit with you, and, and see what you guys are doing there." And uh, fortunately enough, when when he had come, uh, like I mentioned earlier, uh, the FDNY had opened up a brand new operations center. Mm -hmm. uh, they they valued GIS so much not necessarily always knowing what they want gis for but they knew uh, they valued it yeah um so they had actually built us a custom office uh 
right across the hallway from the, the op center. Wow. When, when Russ came to visit us, um, you know, he was very impressed by, by the unit and the equipment that we had. And uh, we had a dedicated plotter room with four plotters in it. And, um, you know, and then Russ kind of, you know, just kept working with me. And then Russ had introduced me to uh, NAPSIG, the National Alliance for Public Safety, GIS. And at, at that time, as you know, uh, and NAPSIG was doing like these regional conferences. And uh, we had a regional conference in, in the Northeast. Uh, we did ours a little bit differently. Uh, we did ours, uh, it was a two-day conference. We did the first day in South Jersey uh, with one of the chiefs that had organized it down there. And then the second day we did it at the FDMY headquarters. Okay. Um, and then after that, uh, Russ had invited me out to the ESRI conference and uh, their team had, you know, started putting us all together. And, um, and I thought it was great when I met you and, and Blankenship and Peter, uh, Jim Pottier. And, um, you know, I realized, hey, you know, th th these guys are great. You know, now not only can I talk GIS, but I can talk fire service and, yeah. and, and public safety with you guys. Oh, yeah. And, no, yeah. No, that was awesome. Yeah, it was, it was, it was about 2008-ish or 2007-ish, sometime in that time we all just connected together. We kind of mentioned NAPSIG a little bit before. You should probably explain what that is. Uh, well, NAPSIG is the National Alliance for Public Safety, GIS, and they're, they're a non-for-profit. Uh, you and I had discussed we, we're definitely going to have them on a, a future episode of this podcast, so uh, they, they could describe the organization in more detail. But um, initially, you know, their role um, was kind of, kind of like what we've been talking about, like organizing and, and bringing public safety personnel together. Um, and, and having these conferences and um, now they, you know, they've definitely expanded quite uh, some since that time. Uh, now they do operational support. Uh, they were very big uh, last year in, in 2017 with the hurricanes down in Texas and, and Florida and Puerto Rico, Virgin Islands. Uh, they recruit uh, personnel like myself and, and you uh, to help them with, uh, you know, mapping work that needs to be done to support operational teams at these uh, disasters. Um, they also do, in the past, they've done training, where we've done training with uh, FEMA and, and teaching some of uh, FEMA's staff how to do GIS. Um, again, not getting into too much detail, but uh, you and I and, and many other Members of NAPSIC have worked on this uh, standard symbology, uh, which I think is a, a very interesting topic where symbolization on a map is, is standardized. Yeah. Uh, specifically for incident management, you've been the, the lead role in that for, I don't, I'm not sure how many years yet. I think it's, I think it's going on about 10 years now, 10, 11 years now. And it's funny you say that because you know, putting all us uh, public safety GIS personnel together, we, we've really, over the years, made a difference in, in many different areas of the field. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of excited about it. So, well, you know, I, I wanted to, like, we probably should, like, wind up here a little bit, but what, what's, like, the one 
big thing that, that you learn doing GIS that we can do better in public safety? Uh, that's an interesting question. <laughs> um, well, I mean, personally, I, I don't think there's enough GIS work uh, going on in public safety. Uh, you, you know, you had mentioned how when you got started, you were doing, you know, maps with mylar film and overlaying stuff and and doing pre-planned books in, in you know for your department. Um, I obviously with my department it, it was a lot different, um, mm. but uh, you know. But what I find interesting though is, you know, here we are in in this day and age of technology, and and public safety, and there are still many departments, especially smaller departments, volunteer departments that are doing that, where, where yeah. they're using pre-planned binders and a three-ring binder with a Hangstrom map and they're using a Sharpie marker to mark out fire hydrants. Yeah. Uh, you know, my local volunteer fire department, which I'm not a member anymore, but I, I was for many years and I, I still help them out with some GIS stuff. But, um, you know, they literally use graph paper to draw a building footprint and, and mark the entrances. And, and it's a shame that they're not using you know, GIS technology, mobile technology, and collecting their own data, updating data that they have. Um, so I, I definitely think that's a challenge. And um, I, I've thought about it a lot over the years. You know, a lot of it has to do with funding. Yeah. Well, departments just can't afford it. Uh, we have a weekend house up in Pennsylvania. Um, my father is a volunteer fireman up there as well. And I, I'm helping them out with GIS work because they had these old, outdated maps uh, that were just horrible, you know, marked out the hydrants for them. So that's definitely a challenge, and I, I see it um, all over the place. I, I, well, you do as well, but yeah. I teach uh, some GIS work down in Emmitsburg, Maryland, at the National Fire Academy, yeah. and I stopped in the firehouse there. You know, here's a, a, a one-traffic-light town with uh, one firehouse, and, and a uh, lot and, of big rigs there. Yeah, and they always welcome guests in. Yeah, and uh, and I I was talking to them about GIS and and uh, sure enough, they go into the apparatus and pull out a three ring binder. Yeah, um, you know, and I I'd like to see GIS move more somehow in, into those fields. So that's definitely a challenge. Yeah, I, I mean I totally agree, and and I think that's I think the biggest challenge with that sometimes is that. You know, a little bit of it is just experience. You know, you always fall back to what you're experienced with. And GIS for like a long, I mean, when I first started doing fire department focus-based GIS or public safety focus-based GIS, it was a lot of academics. You know, it was a lot of people who went to school for a long time. And when you go to conferences or hear presentations or, or do, um, you know, try to figure out how to do things, the person telling you that was, a very academic person required a lot of um, it required a lot of training and education to do good GIS work. Now with um, web mapping and with you know the maps and apps environment or the the, app, the environment where you just can have a small app to do a particular thing, it's getting easier and easier and easier. And I think you know, especially in our future podcast, we're going to probably talk a lot about how to do a, a simple task 
easily. And some of it will require money, some of it will be free, and some of it just requires using existing resources and just how you uh, just need to reframe how you look at things. So um, I'm actually really excited about this and, and hopefully that we can kind of convey some simple information on how to do our job better and you know keep us safer in the long run. So. Yeah. And, and it's funny you say that the, you know, the, the, uh, Hey, how did you put it? Uh, Web and apps, uh, web maps, and maps and apps. I think that maps. was. I think I threw that in there because I hear that term a lot. As an yeah. Esri term, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, as I mentioned before, when we were getting ready for the Super Bowl, um, and and you know, it was really our first experience uh, putting GIS into mobile apps like iPads, and and we were using apps. Yeah, and uh, like I mentioned, then we wanted to start you know, training members on how to collect their own data. And we did, we did a training scenario at the FDNY Academy, Fire Academy. And, you know, one of the IMT members, you know, when he came into the room, said to me, he's like, Steve, I, I'm not going to be able to do this. Yeah. He goes, you know me, I'm a pencil and paper type guy. Oh, yeah. We got I'm those not a too. technology guy. And uh, I said, relax. I, I said, this is so simple and and literally within 10 minutes um we had him trained on the ipad and and we had you know this little scenario where they had to go around the fire academy collecting data yeah and i think he was our biggest data collector for that day um and, and it's true the the you know apps are make it so much easier yeah and, you know and that that's something else you know you and i have discussed so many times um you know, the years that we've known each other now, we, we attend so many conferences. Yeah. Uh, we give presentations. We've given co-presentations. And, um, you know, I, you and I have talked about this. I always feel like we're, we're preaching to the choir. You yeah. Know, the National Security Summit at ESRI or even a NAPSIG conference, you know, these are all public safety GIS people. And... I, you know, don't get me wrong. They're great. I, I've learned a lot. I, I get ideas on what, you know, what I brought back to the FDMY. Um, you know, but I really want to get the message out to fire departments and, and public safety agencies that either know nothing about GIS or never even heard of GIS. Um, they're too intimidated by the technology. And, and I think, you know, trying to get that message out to those types of departments, um, you know, GIS could really start to take off in, in smaller departments. I, I agree. And I, I think some of it has to do with, you know, as firefighters, we're kind of like predisposed to centering around that. And some, I think some people, especially the newer, the newer folks, kind of intentionally choose not to, to avoid technology, but on the same token, they're really involved with Facebook. They're really involved with looking at their uh, feeds on your phone. And so I think, I think now is the time that you're going to start seeing um, a little more adoption and use of not only GIS, but technology and public safety. So I think we're, it's kind of an exciting time and I think it's going to require some work, but uh, you know, I'm kind of looking forward to this uh, change in, in, public safety and using technology and eventually the whole goal is that technology is supposed to make us safe. 
and I'm really excited about that. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And um, like I said, they, I even even the last few years, again, just attending conferences, I, I have been seeing, I, I don't want to say small departments, I'll, I'll go with, say, the medium-sized agencies are, yeah. you know, have been incorporating GIS, you know, so much more. And, and it's such a valuable tool. And, and obviously, you and I talk a lot about EMS and, and, and the fire service. But, uh, you know, the whole point of this podcast is really to be that this is public safety. And, and we're talking about the fire service and EMS and law enforcement and next generation 911, public health, yeah. uh, federal sure. level, FEMA, uh, search and rescue, wilderness yeah. fires. There's just so many topics. And, um, you know, that's, uh, you know, why I came to you with this idea. And, and I'm so glad we're getting this idea off the ground. I absolutely agree. Cool. Well, we'll go ahead and leave it there then, Steve. I think we got a pretty introduction uh, on this. And, you know, if there's any questions, uh, we're going to set up uh, on our website, mapping and mapping tech and public safety.com, and you can shoot us a question. Yeah, and also on, on the uh, fire mapping and public safety.com blog, uh, Chris and I are going to be posting links to. Um, you know, various websites, uh, some of them will be private vendors, some of them will be, uh, you know, federal government websites. Um, but the point is, is to get information into your hands uh, where you can research, uh, you know, GIS information that related to your field. And, uh, you know, fields that we're not necessarily uh, proficient in, uh, say public health, uh, you know, we'll go out and find some information and and, and get that posted on the website. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Well, hey, I got a bolt, but hey, nice talking to you, Steve. You too, Chris. Thanks. A podcast about GIS for and by public safety professionals.